Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's such a joy that you guys would pray alongside Rachel and I for our son. We're grateful beyond words, and um, there'll be many moments where we're just gonna hand him to you because we're gonna be like, we're done. Just take him. Um, so just be ready for that. Uh, no, um, it's incredible. Hey, um, I'm just gonna kick off. We had a video, bumper video, but I'm just gonna move right into the message um, this morning because of time's sake. I wanna make sure that we cover a lot. I have a lot to cover, but I've asked the Holy Spirit to help me to be concise, to be clear, Amen. And to be right on topic with what he has to say. We have kicked off a sermon series called A Move, and it is on the book of Acts. I started it. Pastor Chris came. We're going to pick back up in Acts chapter 2 in one moment. It's going to be up on the screen. I entitled this message, A Move the Moment. A Move the Moment. And this is the best, one of the best books in the Bible. This is where the church was launched. This is how the church began. There is so much truth in this book. There is so many times, oftentimes I'll read this book and I'll get brand new insight, brand new encouragement, brand new life. You guys need to read your word because it will speak directly to you. And no matter what season of life you're going through, and in this moment right here, this all culminated to this moment, Jesus coming, doing ministry, serving, giving his life for a ransom for you and I, going to a cross like Alex just said, going to a cross and not stopping there, going to a tomb, claiming the keys of death for you so that you could have life and life more abundant. You could have a promise. I'm sharing the gospel at the beginning of this message so that you could have hope. You could have a future. You could have a promise. He didn't just do that, though. That's enough. Amen? But he has always got more. Anybody thankful that Jesus, with Jesus, there's always more? And maybe you just, maybe that's all you need to hear today, that with Jesus, there's always more. Hold on, there's more. And he said, hey, I got, I got to get something to you. I want to get my spirit to you. A gift, a promise that he talked all about. And in his time here in ministry, all throughout the book of John, he talks about it. He says, hey, I'm going to give you the counselor. Hey, I'm going to give you the prince. Hey, I'm going to give you my spirit to have discernment and wisdom. Hey, I'm going to do this. Go to Jerusalem. Hey, guys, go to Jerusalem and wait. And I remember talking last two weeks ago, I shared just the front half of Acts 1 and Acts chapter 2, 1 through 15. And it says this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. One place. It's a really powerful line there. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. Wind in the Greek and in the Hebrew, actually, I, I studied this, it's actually, it's, it's translated to spirit. So some people say, well, there was actual wind. Some people will just say, well, we saw the spirit of God actually invade that room. There was a mighty wind. The spirit of God had come and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Let me say this. The moment I read that, 90% of you just shut your heads off. Oh, here we go. This message. You're going to talk about tongues of fire. and that. Yeah, I am. I'm going to. But I pray right now by the power. I've been praying this all week that the Holy Spirit would open up your ears, 
It would open up your heart that what you may think you know would just be erased and you would actually receive truth this morning from his word. This happened. This is not, this, we, we don't believe just some of this word. If you don't believe all of this word, don't believe any of it. Okay? So the room was filled with the spirit of God. The promise. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are these people are all from Galilee. See, in Galilee, the people from Galilee, they were what people would say today, they were uneducated. They weren't able to have proper dialect. They weren't able to speak and communicate in the, in the best way, like the rest of these people that are there. So they're going, how in the world are these people, you know, kind of like the, I don't mean to be rude, or like, how are these hicks speaking so intellectually right now? Yeah? Like, you guys hear me, I am not intellectual. I talk sometimes like, yo, like, I mess, like last night I was talking to somebody and I said, something are and Rachel or is. I was like, baptism is or baptism and Rachel's like, no, you need to flip those words because you always do it all the time. And I'm like, I need to get better in my articulation, right? So I'm not making a statement that like poor, it's just the moment that's happening. These men and women that would normally not be able to speak intellectually, speak with such proper language, speak languages of all people. Okay, you with me? Not your heads. Okay? And yet, we hear them speaking in our own native language. I'm going to need the Holy Spirit right now to help me say these things right here. So pray for your brother. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, in the areas of Libya, around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs. Your boy just did it. Your boy just did it. And all we hear these people speaking in our own language about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other, but others in the crowd ridicules. Because there's always going to be mockers of God's kingdom. There's always going to be people that mock God's kingdom. Let them talk. It's like a chihuahua talking to a freight train. Let it happen. Like, let it happen. It's always been the case. It's always going to be the case. Don't just start fighting people because they're talking about the church of God. Let them talk and just love them. But the others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they are, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Jesus, this is your word. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you speak so clear through me. God, anything that I want to say, just remove it. Help me to be sensitive to what you have to say. I pray you open up ears right now, Holy Spirit, to receive this. Open up hearts, Holy Spirit, to receive this deeply. I pray that this will forever change our church, change this city, change lives, change marriages, change families. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. A move. The moment. Can you keep playing? The moment. I uh, forget moments at times. You know, I just, there's moments in my life where I will just forget them. And Rach and I got married on August 22nd. It'll be five years coming up. Praise the Lord. We're making it. We're making it. And uh, I remember the next day, we had a super early flight to go and 
enjoy our honeymoon together. And I remember, a true story, I remember getting, getting to the airport, like groggy and just kind of out of it. I remember getting to, through, through the security. I remember getting onto the plane and sitting down and, and looking over to my, my bride, who it didn't click yet that she was actually my bride. I thought well, I was going on a vacation with the girl that I had been dating for a while. Just, you know, when you get married, you're still, like, unsure of what's happening. Like, is this okay? Like, what's going on? And I remember, I remember looking at her and go, what just happened? Now, let me preface this, what I was asking. I was asking, did we just get married? <laughs> like, did we just have a wedding? Because I, as God is my witness, don't remember 99% of our wedding day. So all you girls and guys that are like, I got to plan the best day, the best day ever. It's going to be the best day ever. Guess what? You won't remember it. There's so much stuff happening, you won't remember it. I don't remember what happened until I saw the video like a year later. Like we got the video finally a year later. Bless them. But I was like, oh, this is what happened. This is what I said. Oh, these were the things that was going down. Like I looked at her and I was like, yo, what just happened? She's like, JP. And I was like, no, seriously, I just don't like, like, but we're going on vacation though. So this is good. We're good. Uh, there's many moments that I forget or I'm wondering, like, what happened? This moment, though, in the life of the church, this moment, the day of Pentecost, the beginning of the church, the outpouring of the Spirit, this moment, as much as the evil one would want us to get distracted from it, to forget about it, cannot be forgotten. It's a really good place to say amen. Satan would want nothing more than to distract, to say, hey, that stuff, that little language that pastor just read, all those scripture verses that he just read, that's cuckoo, that's crazy, that's wild. Oh, this is the church I go to, the church that's going to start dancing and running around, the, you know, like, that's the Holy Spirit. When I hear Holy Spirit, oh, whoop. Pastor Chris said it so good last week. He set it up for me. He had no idea. He said the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. People are people. They're always going to be people. And if they're not led by the Spirit, they make this moment super weird. I'm here to tell you today, I'm going to do my best not to be super weird. <laughs> I'm going to try my best to make sure that we are a church that lives by the Spirit, that we don't forget this moment, but we don't operate outside of the guidelines of Scripture and what Jesus would have to say to us and how His Spirit operates. Are you with me this morning? Satan would want us to forget this moment. But this is the moment. This is the moment. I believe this. Like Jesus from heaven looked down and said, yes, this is the moment. This is why I came. This is not only to save, but to fill. Woo. I didn't just come to save you. I didn't just come to give you a ticket to heaven. I came to fill you on earth today, right now, so that the power that is inside of me, the power that raised me to life, can live in you today, right now. Some of us in this room this morning, we're waiting to get to heaven to get the power. We have the power today. Amen? We have the power today because of this moment. These men, these apostles, these boys, they were a ragtag bunch of boys. We forget that the disciples, they were young and they were dumb. They were young and dumb. And they watched Jesus minister all the time and they missed the mark all the time. Jesus, don't talk to the children. Hey, just leave them alone. Hey, Jesus, how are we going to feed all these people? Hey, G hey, don't touch Jesus. He's not ready for you. Hey, they missed the mark all the time. They went back to being fishermen, right? They went back to doing what they knew to do after Jesus died and, and, went, and was three days gone. They, they just said, oh, he didn't do what he said. They were just like us. But in this moment, the moment this happens in the upper room, you don't hear of them going back to be fishermen. Hello. 
You don't hear them doing what they used to do. You don't hear them going back to the things because the power of the Holy Spirit came upon their lives. We will not forget this moment. Today I want to show us that we have been prom- what we have been promised to us is here. What we have been given through the Holy Spirit is not just for us to experience, but for this city to experience, for this nation to experience, for this world to experience, for your families to experience, for your marriages to experience, for parents in the room to help foster and care for their kids, for you to experience. This is for us to experience, but also for everyone else around us. Amen? Guys, can we stop? I'm going to say this real quick. Stop thinking that your salvation was just for you. It's not just for you. It's not, you're, not, you're not that great. I'm, let me say it this way. JP's not that great that it was just for JP. It's for everybody else around you now. And also, that we don't need fulfillment from anything else. We got all we need. You with me this morning? I'm going to teach you some three things to remind us that the moment is here. First, super intellectual point. Can we throw it up? The promise is here. <laughs> I worked hard on that one. Raced and typed and raced. But the flat out news of it all, the good news, is the promise is here. In this moment, the promise that Jesus talked about all the time that he was on earth, all the time throughout John, all the time that he said, hey, guys, I'm going to send you my spirit. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to go away. And they're like, why are you going away? He's like, because I'm going to send my spirit to come. And if I don't go away, I can't send my spirit to come. Everything that he promised, the promise that he kept talking about is here. Woo! It's here. I laugh a lot, and I joke a lot about gifts. I like gifts. You want to bless me? Do your thing. But I, I do love when I have a gift to give to somebody. I, I do love the anticipation and the, the, the moment of, like, me getting it and sometimes wrapping it, sometimes just putting it in the, the bag that I got it from the store and just giving it to Rachel in. Like, I, I think... You know, wrapping paper and bags are just a waste of money. But anyways, so I just hand it to her in a plastic bag, and she's like this. It's more for the flares. Like she's like, oh, what is this? She thinks it's a grocery bag. I'm like, oh, surprise. But I love, like, the anticipation and remembering, like, this is why I'm buying this. This is why I'm getting this. Recently, I gave a gift to Rachel and to Titus, and it was a gift that I had been working on for since the day we found out we were pregnant. I had been working on this gift, and I had been waiting, and I have been waiting for this gift to be made and created and developed, and, and finally it came. And I remember being so excited <laughs> that the, 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 the thing that I had been promised would come to me was finally there, and I got to give it to them. I was so excited that a package came, and it was, came home from prayer meeting, and I saw the package on the edge of the bed, and I said, babe, did you get this package from the store? She said, yeah, I got it. I said, oh, this is your gift, and I start ripping the thing open. This is just a side note. I just start ripping this gift open, and she's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, this is about the same size as the gift I'm getting you, and I, and I open it up, and it's this book. It says letters. To, it says, like, I don't even know something with my son's name on it, which was what I got her was a book. And I'm like, whoa, like the guy that was doing this for me really went all out. He like designed this great cr- cartoon and everything. Like, we got the same thing for each other. <laughs> that was not my gift for her. That was her gift for me. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I blew it. <laughs> She's like crying. She's like, oh, baby. Anyway, side story, you're in my mood. I finally got mine, though. Finally got my book. I gave it to her, and she was so excited. I didn't give it to her, though, and say, now, give it back to me. I didn't give it to her and say, no, it's mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to it. I gave it to her, and I said, it's for keeps. What I had been waiting for, what I wanted to give, was for her to have now. This is exactly how I see the Father. You with me this morning? 
The Father in heaven was not like, hey, I'm going to promise you something and give it to them back then in that day and not give it to the people of God today. The promise is here. Let me say it this way. The promise is here to stay. Come on, we can thank Jesus that the promise is here to stay. See, in the Old Testament, see, the people of God, the people of Israel, they would wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and the Holy Spirit would come for a moment, and it would fall upon a nation, and then he would go back up into heaven. That's, I don't have time to go into all that, but that's what would happen. But in this moment, when Jesus died and raised to life again, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was not going to come and go back. The Holy Spirit was going to come, and he was going to move, and he was going to stay, and he was going to take residency inside people's lives. This is awesome. When we say, hey, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside of you, you should all lose your minds in joy. That's the greatest promise that we could ever get. It's the greatest gift that we could ever get. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a promise of power. Who likes power? I love when I walk into my house to turn the lights on and they work. Like, I, I love that I can plug my phone in and charge it up. I love that I can plug in my smoothie maker and make smoothies in the morning. I like that I have power in my life, right? It's a good thing. I'm not talking about power like where you're like, I'm in charge. No, if you are a leader and you act that way, go to the prayer closet. I just love, though, that I have resourcing to get power in my life, to do the things that I want to do. This is how it works with our faith, though, that we now have a resource. We have a thing that we can tap into, we can plug into, we can attach ourselves to, to get power. The promise was... Hey, I'm going to give you my spirit so that you can be people of power. When did the church all of a sudden just say, we don't have enough power to influence a city called Chicago? When did the church say, hey, we don't have enough power to change lives and see restoration and see marriages restored and see dead things come to life? When did we lose power? Because we've detached ourselves from the spirit of God. And we said, well, that was for that time because I didn't get what all everybody else was getting. I didn't get the feels and the vibes and everything else that everyone else talks about when they get the Holy Spirit to fill them up. Guess what? You just got to ask. He's not going to say, yeah, take it. No, I'm going to take it back. Yeah, take it back. It's here. The way you can walk in power is just by asking him. Isn't that great news? I think that's the best news. So I, don't you think that's great news? That's great news, man. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to live the life that God wants us to live. Let me say this. Other religions, I'm going to say this. Other religions today, go ask them. They have zero power attached to their doctrines. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, is the only one that says, hey, I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you power to make it through your Monday. I'm going to give power to make it through your Tuesday. I'm going to give you power to see your marriage restored. I'm going to give you power to get that job and be that coworker and be that person in your job space. So when everyone else is complaining and griping and, oh, I'm so mad at my job and my boss, you can have power that comes into your life to change that workspace, to change your neighborhood, to change a city. No other God out there promises us that. And all we got to say is, I receive it. I receive it. So the second thing that I see here, you with me this morning? This is so good. The fire of heaven fell on these people and the moment happened. The second thing that I see, though, is the promise isn't just for you. Such deep points today. The promise, though, that, that now that you've received the gift, they're not just, it isn't just for you to have in your hands. I've already said it to you, but in verse 5, it says this, at the time, There were devoted Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. 
Have you ever been, like, especially here in the city, have you ever heard, like, a loud commotion of people? Like, you, you know that a crowd's gathering and you're wondering what's going on? Every time I hear a crowd gathering, I run the other way. But I'm married to an amazing woman that loves big crowds. The moment she hears, like, noise or crowd, she's like, JP, let's go. I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere near that. She's like, come on, we're going right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. She's like, Rachel always wins out. And all of a sudden, I'm in the mix of this crowd, like, I don't like this. This is not cool. She's like, isn't this so fun? Look what they're doing. This is awesome. Like, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, no, I just don't like being here. I don't like being around crowds. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. See, the people in this time, they were all among the streets, and they were out and about, and I don't have time to go in exactly where the upper room is. And some people believe it was a house. Some people believe it was the temple. Like, there's a lot of people in this house, so there's a big commotion going on, right? You with me? I'm teaching the Bible. And, and so the people all outside, though, the moment they just begin to hear the commotion of the Holy Spirit, and not commotion in the bad way, they just begin to hear their language being spoken. And not only is this just their language being spoken, but it's being spoken correctly. And it's, being fill, it's filling the room with praise and adoration of God in their language. And in that moment, the crowd runs to where it's at. See, I wonder why we don't have a church overflowing with people that are running into here. I wonder because I wonder. Let me just talk to me. Can I do that? I wonder if my life is not being filled with the Spirit of God every day, a renewing of the Spirit every day to show the world that this gift wasn't just for me, but it was for everybody else. I wonder if we started to live this way and say, hey, world, look what's happening. Look what's going on in my life. Look how good God is. I wonder if the crowds would start running in. I wonder if people would start coming and saying, whatever you got, I want it. Because, man, why, where do you get that joy from? Who cares if they tell you how cool your shoes are? I want them to hear from, I want to I hear from them. Where did you get your joy from? That's a, that's a really good place to say amen. Like, like, the promise isn't just for you. The promise is for everyone around here. That moment was so powerful. The Father was so good to us that he filled a bunch of people that were inadequate, unequipped, and they, he filled them. Let me just say this. Can, I'm going to say this. God is not looking for people to have it all together. He is not looking for the brightest. He's not looking for the smartest. If you are always the smartest person in the room, get new friends. I say to my guys all the time, I do not want to be the smartest guy in meetings. It scares me. <laughs> if I am the smartest guy, we are in trouble. So like, He's not just looking for like the most equipped and the most talented and the most gifted. What Jesus is looking for to empower in is just people that are available. People that say, hey, you told us to go wait, I'm going to go wait. You told us to go sit, I'm going to go sit. You told me to wait for you to come, I'm going to do exactly. He's just looking for people that are available and obedient. Obedience. He's looking for people just to be obedient, to say, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to sit, I'm going to get filled up, I'm going to be just completely changed from the inside out so that I can take what is inside of me now and give it to the world that's outside of there. He used a bunch of people that could not speak a language to speak the language of the nations. Woo! Talk about Jesus' like, strategy plan to build the church. 
Isn't that awesome? I never thought about that, but I was wondering, like, yo, that was the moment where all these different people from all different places were in this one moment, and Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to fill them up right here, right now. This is going to be awesome, because they're going to speak the language of everybody else, and then Peter's going to go preach a message, and he's going to slay it. He's going to kill it. It's going to be the mes- best message ever preached, and people, 3,000 people are going to get saved. What a, what a moment. So we think, oh, I just, it's just for me. It says, never for you. The Spirit of God coming into your life is to awaken you and to awaken you to the things around you. To awaken you not just to share the good news with people, but also to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be in this group of people. Maybe I shouldn't let these people speak into my life because what they're speaking is death. And I just want people that are going to speak life. I don't want people around me that are going to always say yes to me. Hello, don't get that twisted. I just have a whole bunch of friends that are going to just tell me how good I am. Well, you're not doing great. Well, they all told me. Yeah, well, maybe you should ask them where their motives are and what their heart is. Anyways, that's another sermon. Where was I going? The Spirit of God is for you to equip you to show the world how good Jesus is. You with me this morning? All right, almost done. Let me say this. Sorry, let me say this. So they, they were in the room. They were filled with the Spirit. They began speaking in tongues. This tongues that is talked about in Acts 2 is different from what's talked about in 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul talks about prophecy and tongues. This was the tongues of nation. They were speaking nation's language and dialect, okay? In 1 Corinthians 14, go home and read your Bible. I said, we should be reading Acts together. Hello? I should, you should just not be showing up here just getting Acts from me. Go home and read Acts. But if you see this, this was a moment for God to pour out his spirit upon his people, empower them with his gifting, and then to show the world, okay? So there is that language. It was a language to speak. I have heard stories. I have heard testimonies of people being in a room. I was talking to a a dear friend, Pastor Morris Crawford. Do you all know him? And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, Jay, because we talk about our messages throughout the week. I said, he said, yeah, Jay, actually, I was in the room one time, and there was a woman that came in to preach at the church I was at, and there were two people from Russia. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I didn't speak a word of Russian. I was like, I know, Lamoris, like, you're from Chicago. He's like, I know, and I was just sitting there with them, like, hi, how are you? And they're like, hi. It wasn't happening. And this woman walked in, and she sensed the presence of God. And she sensed that something was wrong with them. And she asked, Holy Spirit, would you fill this room right now? And she, it's a lot, I'm a, one more, this is a true story, take it up with him. She said, the, he said, the woman began to speak in their language. And the man and the woman broke down in tears. Like, like we can have this faith to believe that you could be in situations where you need to speak the languages of other nations and say, hey, God, would you just fill my tongue? But better yet, maybe not the nations, maybe your coworker. Maybe you need to be able to speak the language of the person that sits next to you that's a little bit older than you and you don't know how to relate because we're millennials and we just think we know everything, right? But maybe you ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, fill me with discernment, fill me with wisdom, help me to teach, help me to talk to these people next to me. Hey, help me to talk to this coworker that just got hired or this student classmate that I have next to me that I'm just going to kill up. Help me to have wisdom and discernment of how to talk to this individual. Help me to know and see what's going on. The Holy Spirit empowers us. To do this. You with me? I'm going to teach on in 1 Corinthians 14 soon. But I don't want you to get mixed up here. This is for the moment for the world to see. You with me this morning? All right, last thing. The band can come up in one moment. Third thing. The Spirit fulfills us not like the world fulfills us. 
The Spirit fulfills us, not like the world fulfills us. 13 in Acts 2, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's what happens is, is they just got fulfilled. So what happens, let me, let me just say this. Today more than ever, we are looking for things to fulfill us. Who, who, who is, let's just have a counseling moment. Who looks for things to fulfill us all the time outside of Jesus? Your pastor's hands up. If you do not have your hand up, I want to hang with you. We all do. We all fail. Our flesh gets better than our faith. Hello? But I'm, 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 I see this and I want to remind us that the Spirit fills us in ways that the world could never. Some of you in this room are trying to get that promotion. Some of you are trying to climb that ladder. Some of you are trying to get that relationship that you desperately think you so need, but you're really not ready for it. And if you got into the relationship right now, it would probably fail because God hasn't equipped you and built you up in the private so that when you actually get, anyways. Like we are looking for things all the time to fulfill us. And what happens in this moment is the spirit of God comes and it invades and it fulfills them. Guys, can you bring that out here? There's so many things out there today that try to fulfill us. That we try to say, hey, if I just can achieve this, if I can just attain this, if I can just have this, I will have everything I need. I will make it. I'll be okay. Hey, if I just can be around this friend group, or if I can be able to catch the pastor's ear at the end of service and get a word from the pastor because the pastor has everything. Yes, I know the shepherd heart in me, but guess what? You can have the spirit of God come and speak to you. So, so what happens is, is we look at our lives, right? So, so envision this. I'm going to do my best to do this, and we're going to worship. It's going to be awesome. We're going to pray for people. You glad you came to church? So if this is me in my life, Jesus is the vase, right? I am, I am like, in my life is inside the vase. You with me? Uh, this just came to me like two days ago. I hope it goes off well. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> Jesus is the vase. He is surrounding me. He has me. When you receive Jesus Christ, if you recognize him as Lord and Savior, you are saved. That was an awesome place to give praise to God. The moment you receive Jesus, you are saved. What happens, though, in life is we have all these things that it's called the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Some people I've talked to, and they're like, I got saved, and everything was set free in my life. And I'm like, really? Praise God. But I'm like, yo, I got saved. I've been saved for a little while. Mom, you know, like, I've been saved. And I got some stuff in me still. Like, I lose my mind. Temper. I, 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 I stretch the truth sometimes. Oh, oh, this, you pastor, you can say that? Yeah, I'm going to be real with you. Oh, I don't talk the best to my wife. I get frustrated with my kids. There are things in us. There are things in our lives still, even though Jesus is surrounding us, there are still things in our lives that only the Holy Spirit can fill and change and work in us. And so what happens is, is that when, when you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, when you say, Holy Spirit, come and fulfill my life, come and move in my life, what happens is, is it says it's an overflowing of him that comes into your life. And all the things that were in your life, the things that you've been wrestling with for far too long, the bondage and sin that he claimed your life over by his blood with, those things that you have been just saying, I keep getting caught up, I keep doing this, I keep doing that. What happens is you say, Holy Spirit, can you come? Can you fill me? Can you help me to be a vessel for you? Can you take the things out of me? This is going to help us. And what the Spirit of God goes, oh, you ask me? You ask me for my spirit? 
Oh, I'm not going to give you a stone when you ask for bread. I'm not going to give you a scorpion when you ask for bread. I'm not going to give any of that. I'm a good father. So you ask for my spirit in faith and you believe that I'm going to give it to you. Guess what happens? He starts to fill your life. And what happens is this. All those things that they come to the surface. And what the spirit of God does, he goes like this. Just get them off your life. He fills you and he says, hey, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to get these out of here. I'm going to take them out of here. I'm going to fill you up. Hey, and not just that. Now I'm cleansing your heart and I'm going to fill you with the things that I need to fill you with. So the things that in your life that you used to hold on to, they're no longer there because the spirit of God has fulfilled you. And guess what, though? The best news is, is that sometimes we pick the things back up that he's released us from because we're dumb. I'm done. Right here. Ben, come on up. We pick them back up and we say, God, but I feel better with these things. If I just tell everybody how insecure I am, they'll, make, they'll talk to me more. Now I'm secure and I don't know what to do. And we put them back on our lives. But what's awesome is they don't go to the bottom of our lives. You catch that? They go right to the surface. And so we can say, hey, Holy Spirit, can you just come and give me a fresh anointing today? Can you come and just wash over? And then it just has to go like this. They don't have to go deep down into your spirit anymore. They can fill you up and they can overflow you. They can take you from grace to grace. The spirit, is this helping you this morning? The spirit fulfills you like no other thing. I'm going to close with this. I said it earlier. I gave you my closing. The disciples didn't go back to doing what they were doing. They didn't go back. Thomas didn't go back to doubting. We don't read about Thomas doubting anymore. There was work in their lives that had to happen, right? Peter, you read with Paul, there was moments where Paul had to say, hey, Peter, ah, right? But they didn't go back to who they were. They didn't go back to being fishermen. They didn't go back to doing the things that were convenient and easy. Why? Because the Spirit of God. Why were they able to walk in power? Why were they the ones that proclaimed the gospel? Why were they the ones that were able to heal people, heal the sick, give sight to the blind? Why? Spirit of God, fill me. Spirit of God, fulfill every desire. Spirit of God, overwhelm me. Spirit of God, I'm coming before you right now, and I just need your touch. I need your anointing. I need your presence to fall. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Maybe you need a little bit more faith to ask. Maybe you need to release the stuff that's in you that you haven't said, hey, you know what, God, take all of it. The Spirit of God fell in Acts 2, and they were fulfilled. So bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray today. We're going to worship. We're going to be done in a moment. But as a church, we can't move. We can't do everything that we've been called to do as a church, as individuals and as people of God, if we don't ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and fulfill our lives, to fulfill us, to fill us up, to make us burn with his passions, to make us burn with his desires, to burn away the things in us that don't belong. And so today, you're here for a reason. You needed to hear this message. We all do. But today I want to pray, right now, that the Spirit of God would fill you. But I'm going to ask you to do something. See, this is a faith decision. You've got to decide, do you really want the Spirit of God to invade your life? Do you really want this? You're not going to lose your mind out on the streets. You're not going to run around crazy. You're going to walk in power. You're going to walk in discernment. You're going to walk in wisdom. Yeah, you may stumble and fall, but you're going to get up. He's going to pick you up. 
You're going to be filled with wisdom from on high. You're going to be filled with strength from on high. He's going to fill you to burn deep inside of your heart. Maybe the plans that you have for your life will get canceled. See, this is not an easy thing to say. But if you're in this room today and you say, you know what? I want a fresh outpouring of God's spirit on my life. I want you to slip your hand up right now. No one's looking around. Slip them up. Slip them up. Hands are up everywhere. Slip them up. Slip them up. Awesome. Awesome. Keep them up. We're going to pray together. And then we're going to worship because hands are up everywhere. The spirit of God is here in this place. And I pray that the spirit of God fills your life like never before. Holy Spirit, we have waited for you. We have asked you to come and you are here. I pray right now, God, that you move in power. That you release yourself upon every hand that is lifted. Every heart and every mind. May it be filled with the fire of the spirit of God. God, I pray that they will have a fresh mindset. That they will see new vision and dreams for their lives. God, that they would be filled with wisdom and discernment from on high. That they would be filled with power from on high. God, I pray, God, that you would encourage them, Holy Spirit, that you would strengthen them, Holy Spirit. God, that they would see you in a way they've never seen you. Open up their mind, Holy Spirit. Open up their heart, Spirit of God. Invade these lives. We ask today, God, you are the risen King. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. There is no one like you. There is no one above you. Father, you see all things and you move in all ways. So Jesus, we worship you. We proclaim you. Come on, church. Can we worship him this morning? Can we praise him for everything he's done in this place? Come on, let's worship.